0: So our first guest is Jason McKee. Jason, how are you doing?
1: I'm excellent today. How about yourself?
0: Oh, I'm just, we were just talking about my turtle banging the water tank in the background. Hopefully she doesn't do that during our interview, but it is what it is.
1: Disgusting creatures.
0: (laughs) So, um, I know who you are, but why don't you tell everyone who you are, give a brief introduction, kind of your, background career and uh and what you've done
1: sure sure so uh jason mckee as i was introduced i uh did six years on the army national guard from 2004 to 2010 got out i think i had like a eight-year break in service and then i went back into the air force uh when i was in the army i did kind of bounced around from uh, uh infantry over to combat engineers did a tour in iraq with the 81st brigade in 2008 2009 and then since transitioning over to the air force i abandoned the combat arms field and have been involved with uh, cyber security
0: and that's with um i was with oregon or no you're washington uh, air national guard correct
1: yeah, I did that for like five years, and then recently I transferred over to the uh, Air Force Reserve. So now I'm with the 446 Air Wing. Gotcha. Um,
0: and you're in the reserve, so you have a civilian job now.
1: Yeah, so on the civilian side of the house, I uh, I work for essentially a federal agency, Bonneville Power Administration. It's a utility. Um a utility under the US Department of Energy. And there I've kind of, similar to my military career, I've bounced around, I've done four different jobs, doing completely different things, ranging from revenue forecasting to business analysis. And now I'm getting into substation ratings and working on the transmission side. So I work with a lot of engineers. Gotcha, okay. Well, let's
0: uh, talk about growing up, kind of your childhood uh, as much as you want to share or not share, uh, but kind of tell us, you know, like where you grew up and, uh, you know, siblings and all that.
1: Yeah, no big deal. I mean, I I grew up uh, Olympia, Washington, you know, spent my uh, whole life until got back from deployment and went off to college. And then I haven't really lived there since then. But uh, prior to that, grew up, went to River Ridge High School, whom me and my brother did. Um, say from a young age, we both knew we would join the military at some point in our lives. Uh, we both ended up joining the army. Uh, he was active duty, I was guard. We were both infantry, combat arms, both went to Sand Hill, um, the whole shebang. And uh, I'd say, we didn't grow up a military family, but our grandfather jumped into Normandy in World War II. So definitely that played a big influence on us, growing up and hearing a lot of his war stories.
0: Yeah, jumping into Normandy, I'm sure he had quite a bit of stories to tell.
1: Oh, yeah, they were good shit. And I mean, part of the reason I uh, wanted to go to airborne school, but then I went, screwed that up, got the boot, so didn't get to go. But well, maybe one of these days I'll get my my uh, skydiving license and get some adrenaline rush that way.
0: Uh, kind of a quick aside. How long was your brother in? Shit, he was in. Cause he took a little bit of a different route than we did, right?
1: Yeah, he went uh, graduated high school, and I think he would know, say he dinked around for a couple years. he went active duty, I think he did between six and eight. He got wounded on his second trip to Iraq. And then I believe he got med boarded out. Yeah. So I think he, he got out, he essentially got wounded I wanna say like a year before we went to Iraq or like within like eight months or something like that it was something crazy right yeah so my parents weren't exactly thrilled but you <laughs> know it is what it is
0: we can talk about what our parents thought at the time but um yeah and you had mentioned sand hill uh for those of uh people that are listening can you kind of explain what sand hill is
1: yeah so Uh, it used to be the only place where, you know, it's the home of the infantry, Fort Benning. I believe it. I can't remember what they changed it to. It's Fort Moore now, but, uh, Sand Hill is just kind of like an adjacent annex, I'd call it to, to Fort Benning, but that's, you know, the home of the infantry. That's where everybody goes to become an 11 Bravo. And it's the central basic training facility and so yeah so so let me go on that so i go you know i'm a pacific northwest boy born and uh, essentially Mm -hmm. born and raised so like when it's like 80 degrees outside 85 90 like i'm sweating i'm dying you know so you take this pacific northwest boy and you throw you send his ass down to fort benning georgia april to august is when i went to basics all summer long so i go from no humidity to 90% 90% humidity, you know, a right. high of 80 to a high of a hundred. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sucked. It was bullshit. Right. Hated it. Hated every moment <laughs> of it, but got through broken even more, got made it through more broken than I left. But okay. <laughs> so
0: I know you talked about, uh, your grandfather, you know, being kind of a big reason why you and your brother went mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Where were you at in your life when you signed your papers? Oh, I just graduated high school.
1: Like, when did I, when did we sign? September. So I graduated in like June. So I spent some time figuring out which route I was going to take, you know, I mean, back when, back when I enlisted in 2004, it was kind of, I can't remember if it was the height of like the invasion I can't remember if there was a push or what was going on but essentially I mean all you had to do was if you drove through the where the recruiting station was they freaking just ran out started hounded you so you know I talked to everybody I got to talk to the marines talk to the navy talk to the army active duty the air force could have cared less I think that's their recruiting strategy. They were like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, we'll we'll take you," but uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, they were always bougie back in the day. I'd say they still are. But uh, yeah, I was
0: gonna say uh, back in the day. You mean like just all the time?
1: I know, dude. I live it up. It's compared to what it was. I should have gone in the air force from the get-go.
0: <laughs> yeah, because now you know what you missed out on all
1: those oh, years. Oh yeah, and you're telling me I could have had six seven years eight years of this cush life like hell yeah <laughs> oh, yeah so- was there any
0: <clears throat> was there any catalyst uh like right before you signed that made you believe like okay like today's the day i'm gonna go sign and we can talk about who you signed with you know but that aside uh was there anything happening or going on in your life to where you're like you know what today's the day i'm gonna go sign papers
1: no, nah, it was more of just get, shit or get off the pot type of a thing. Choose one and, and decide. I mean, active duty probably would have been a better, would have better. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. you know. Should I have gone guard? Should I have gone active? Sh- probably should have gone active with what my interests are. But, you know, it's, you're 18, you're stupid. You know, you don't know this y'all know this stuff so you haven't really lived much uh you know so it's mainly yeah shit or get off the pot i chose it i joined that guard mainly because of the because of the i'd say the part-time of it but it was probably a safer bet and it also allowed you to do combat arms mos's because at the time the army reserves didn't have infantry in washington so I couldn't have gone Army Reserves and gone infantry because I would have had to drill somewhere other than Washington, you know? So um, I was able to, with the Guard, I was able to be infantry and I only drilled like, you know, up in Kent, at the Kent Armory. And then when I transferred to the combat engineer world, I was at Fort Lewis when it before it was a joint base and then I was down at Centralia. So I was always close to home on drill weekend. So it was kind of nice.
0: Yeah, it was nice. (laughs) Um, You know, when you have something going on in the civilian world and you can still do the military thing and get all the benefits, I think that was the best part of the guard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was going to college off and on, kind of just putting around, dinking around on life. You know, it's not sure what direction do you want to go, you know. I wasn't that good of a student in high school. So going to UW was out of the question, you know, so I did a little CC look beauty college worked a little bit, you know, gotten into tons of mischief. How am I not in prison right now is a real good question. <laughs> evidently, yeah, evidently yeah. God's on my shoulders or I'm just lucky one of the two, <laughs> but uh, maybe a little bit of everything. Yeah. It could be everything above. I mean, it's, you know, I uh, recently went back home and I was talking with one of my buddies who I've grown up with since I was like, man, I think I was like six or seven, and me and him were just reminiscing about, you know, kind of what I just said, like, how are we not dead? How are we not in prison? Because we did dumb shit. I mean, right. I mean, I say it's dumb for for me, but I'm sure there's other people who've done way more dumb shit, but.
0: But you did your fair share. Oh, yeah. That I know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm (laughs) practically bald now. So that could be the reason why.
0: (laughs) I think I'm bald because maybe having heard of all your stories, because I, you know, I never did anything stupid. So,
1: no, you were a good little boy. (laughs) I couldn't even even get you to do something stupid. (laughs) So then I'd go do something stupid by myself
0: right and then i'd have to hear about it and shame you
1: yeah yeah you can't shame me i never really cared so
0: right well there's that so (laughs) moving on so sign up uh army national guard and ended up being uh put into 161 right
1: yeah i was with alpha 161 for it was short six months seven months eight months maybe it was very quick
0: now, was it uh, before deployment, or um, I, when exactly did you go to, you went to Echo 161, Yeah, right? so I
1: actually went, it was probably, I was at Alpha 161 for like eight months, and then I transferred to a combat engineer unit um, that ultimately became the 204th MAC as part of the 96 Troop Command. And I was there from 2005 to 2008. And then I volunteered for Iraq. Uh, I got assigned to echo company 161 out of Bellingham deployed with them. And then when I got back stateside, I think I only had like eight months before my contract was up and my unit was in Afghanistan at the time. So I was just, just sitting in rear D chilling.
0: Yeah, a contract, because you and I both signed at the same, like literally the same time. So our contracts were the same.
1: Yep, yep, same day. Um, we did that dumb shit, went to Mets, <laughs> wasted my life. <laughs> so what?
0: how did you feel? Because again, I know how I felt, but this isn't about me. It's because we both signed the same day. We were over at Benning different times, but... Um, we both went 81st Brigade. I was in Alpha, you were in Echo 161, but we had different missions, um, going over there. Um,
1: yeah, we ended up well, initially
0: it was the same mission, yeah, right? Initially. but then your, your, your mission ended up taking a turn, at least what you got put in through. So we'll back up a little bit though. You get the orders, you know, Hey, 81st is Mo- Mob and we're going over. Which you already knew, um, kind of walk everyone through that first flight, that first landing into Kuwait, and then your kind of your adventure from Kuwait.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I was trying to. I remember the other day, it was like Camp Buring or something like that is where we landed into, where we spent was it two weeks i think it was two weeks yeah during kind of doing ranges out in the middle of the desert i mean you know the first,
0: acclim- acclimation
1: thing. yeah the first week everybody gets sick like it just burns through everybody you're gonna get right. sick within the first like three days for a day or two no matter what it's just the name of the game but uh Uh, I mean, I I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, landing in, doing the lanes out in the desert, just prepping, getting everything ready. Um, Then they moved us to... Crap, I can't even remember. I can't remember the one base we we, uh, flew out of, but we went to that base for... I think I was there for 24 hours or less. Like I wasn't there a very long time. I remember it had a McDonald's and that's about it. And so, you know, I remember jumping on that C-17 and flying out. I had a nice little jump seat on the way. So I was cush just on the side of the airframe, just just chilling. And then, you know, you, you as you land into Balad, because Balad is where we both initially went to, doing that combat landing was just like a roller coaster. It was fun as hell. But I mean I I enjoyed. I was, you know, looking forward to looking looking forward to the deployment and, and doing whatever mission they had us do. I think uh, I think my mentality was a little bit different than some of the other guys. It was I wouldn't necessarily say I was scared at all. There was apprehension, but I mean I had, you know, talking to my brother before the deployment, talking about Iraq. Both of his, you know, he did. He deployed with the second ID, I believe, or the one or the first infantry. I can't remember. It was at a, he was, based at Fort Lewis as well, and he did a his first deployment was in Mosul. His second last deployment was in Baghdad. Um, and then my other buddy, Mike, was with 2nd Ranger Battalion, so talking with him about Iraq, Afghanistan, and just seeing some of the pictures of deployment, just kind of, you know, kind of feel like I had an upper leg because it put me in a little bit different mindset than some of the other guys. You know, it was, for me, my mindset was, we're there to do a job, just do a job. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, we were guard, I mean, I didn't think we were going to be like on the offensive of any type of, you know, any type of big operation. But you know, I mean, they never know. You right. never know. But, uh, but, uh,
0: but things took a turn for you. Yeah, I
1: want to <laughs> say I think like, uh, what was it? It was probably towards the end of like the winter time. We went on a mission. Got back, you know, because we were doing convoy ops, so it's overnight, so it's at nighttime when we're driving around. And I think we were I can't remember where we were coming back from, but I was pissed because I was tired. And then we had to do this big talk. They called us all together, told us we were going to be we had to pack up all of our stuff and we were moving to the SF compound in Ballad, because we were going to be supplementing and assisting essentially getting re out to SOCOM so I went from a mission packed up my hooch which took me like 30 minutes because you know you live out of a bag and then it was waiting around and they took us over to the XF compound where essentially we were staged out of and they packed up my platoon or my company no my platoon and they sent us up to Mosul to to uh, relieve and do operations up in Mosul. So we
0: get into blood. How many months do you, do you remember uh, where you guys were doing convoy ops between doing convoy ops and then getting the word that, Hey, you need to pack your shit yeah. up and you're, you're getting tasked out. So I mean,
1: we got there. What did we get in country even? I mean, I don't even remember i think i think it was was like november it was shortly after like maybe february yeah so maybe like three or four months but i mean every day over being deployed blends in because you're doing like a convoy every single day you know one day you're going out you're doing a short three hour one out to like you know warhorse or you're doing like a six seven hour one up north to to crit or something like that or down to scania
0: when you say warhorse and Scania, those are yeah yeah
1: those little fobs you know going out to those you know we did those i want to say like every single night like we were busy you know we did one on christmas even which kind of sucked. I was a little bit pissed. It was Christmas, but yeah, (laughs) it is what it is.
0: So you get tasked out over to the compound there Mm -hmm. at Bilad, And then you had mentioned that from there, your platoon gets tasked out to where?
1: Uh, Mazul. So we went all the way up north. We had guys, you know, some guys got tasked out kind of all over the country, Baghdad, uh, war horse just kind of got thrown around and some of the stuff we did is we essentially kind of ran their ECP for their little compounds wealth on the base you know because you couldn't just come and go as you pleased on an SF compound and so some people ran some ECPs other people like myself we got to do um just a lot of missions outside the wire with them, daytime missions, sometimes nighttime. But it was mainly hanging out, waiting to get a call. Oh, we had to go go with this guy, you know, go speak with some IPs or some IAs. Or, you know, one time we were we were there with I was in trouble all the time, so I got tasked out to do a lot of shit. Cause no they went, you know mckee you know he's a fuck up so you better make him work <laughs> but i was running with a jag guy and he got permission to bring some like ips and ias onto the the base itself and bozool just kind of like shop at the px go to the dfac like just kind of relationship build so i got asked
0: can you real quick? Can you can you tell people some of what those acronyms? Yeah, are? so
1: like IPs and IAs are Iraqi Army, Iraqi Police. We worked with them a lot uh, when I was with the SF with the SF group. Um, mainly, it was you know I would say it was a lot of knowing who the bad guys were, not necessarily sharing intelligence but keeping on the same field about what we were doing. and I really don't know a lot. They didn't tell us a lot, which is you know, comes down to the need to know world. We really didn't need to know a lot of stuff what we were doing. Um, we just needed to know, hey, we're going here, we're gonna do this. You're a driver, so you're gonna drive where we tell you right you know did a couple bigger operations where we had some briefs but they kept it really compartmented which i have no no issue with at all um they gave us very high level briefs like hey we're gonna go here we're gonna post up we're gonna see what happens you know because i think a lot of the you know a lot of the insurgent activity in the aqi like uh, al-qaeda and iraq prior to ISIS, they were kind of, you know who they were, they operated in the same areas, you know, so you could kind of go there and just kind of, you know, make the presence known, see if there's any shit bags, pick them up if you have to. Um,
0: But yeah. So, and then you didn't get tasked out to anything else after that, like, did you, you ended your your stint in iraq basically with that yeah
1: yeah so what we did is uh, our replacements ended up actually showing up like a month early and i was like all right we're gonna go home a month early works for me i don't care and that's not the case so we went back to balad um and we were sitting there a month just kind of in transient housing on the sf compound with nothing to do because our replacements were there so i mean we went to the swimming pool every day. We worked out, <laughs> did a lot of running, you know, watched a ton of movies, just hung out. I mean, ate pizza, you know, just chilling. Uh, and then from there, we flew home from the compound itself. They flew us back to Kuwait, and then we loaded the plane and went back to Fort McCoy.
0: A downtime is where you got in trouble, though.
1: I got in trouble all the time. I was a <laughs> sass dude. I was a terrible. I tell everybody, man, I was probably one of the bigger pieces of shits uh, when it came to the enlisted side of the house. I don't know why. Uh, it could have been the whole authority. Yeah, I think we've all been drinking. Yeah, it to could be out. the whole authority thing. It could be, I think, some people take themselves way too seriously. Um especially over in Iraq. I mean, you're in a high stress area. Like how many, It's like, we got mortared every single day in Balad. You know, it's a high stress area. You don't need to pack right. on stress, you know? So I guess I rebelled because I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, you know, fuck you. Like why, I, I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to micromanage me, you know? And so right. I was always in trouble always doing something but yet the funny thing about it is like almost like who would they call who knew their shit was on tight is me (laughs) you know it's it's if i was such like when we went when we were running missions with the with socom if i was such a big shit bag then why wasn't i sitting on the ecp the whole entire time you know why did i you know because Going outside the wire is the fun part. Why was I one of the ones who was going like, obviously, you know what I mean?
0: And ECP is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like just a gate guard just for, yeah, checking
1: IDs and, you know, making sure people who aren't supposed to come in don't come in, you know, so.
0: Now you had, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about it, you had a pretty close call. While you were up. Yeah. There. Yeah.
1: We were kind of, uh, yeah. You know, we about that. Whenever we'd go on like an operation, we really wouldn't roll with much fanfare. Uh, and I'd say like a month prior to this event happening, we were driving back from a IP compound. That's like kind of in smack dab in the middle of Missoul, you know, had a meeting with them and there's this big traffic circle and I swear it, it's like, four lanes each way and it's like a divided highway. It's huge. But we had a vehicle break down right in the middle of it, just snapped a, the uh, steering rod on an MRAP and just broke right down in the middle. And your pucker factor goes up, there's cars everywhere. It's just a shit show. And so, you know, we get back to base, fix the vehicle, you know, time passes. And as we're going up with another Convoy attached to another. We kind of just blend it into another convoy in this exact same traffic circle. Just you know, you feel the pressure, and the sky goes dark, and everybody, you know, what the fuck's going on? You check on everybody, everything. You know, it's I'd say it's hectic, but it's not really hectic. Time slows down. You kind of get tunnel vision, but you kind of don't. You know, because they they train you for it nothing really prepares you for it but you know you just kind of go back to robot mode and we get through and apparently some suicide bomber detonated a van full of explosives in the same exact traffic circle we broke down in a couple weeks prior so it was kind of crazy but uh but yeah that was about
0: and no one got uh no one got hurt or anything
1: i mean no americans got injured at all a lot of civilian casualties i think there was like maybe three or four civilians got killed half a dozen wounded um yeah it was it was pretty crazy i call mazul at the time i think was like the last I don't want to say like wild west but it seemed like there was more going on up in Mosul than other parts of the country and i don't know why that is i don't know if it's because of foreign fighters for how close you are to uh syria you know Kurdistan. like i don't i don't know why that was but it seems like there was a lot more. i think
0: at the, that point uh Yeah, I think at that point it hadn't fluja quite quite a bit from compared to Yeah. So but you still had that influence up north that you know impacted what the mission was that you guys were doing. Yeah, it was
1: great. It was a great time up there. I mean had a lot of fun, got to do a lot of things, got to see a lot of things, you know, and made some good connections, you know, talked to a lot of you know I wouldn't say made friends with SF guys up there but you know once we started kind of working together we started interacting more you know that professional working relationship developed a couple you know I worked with some rangers from third battalion for a little bit talked to them for a little while when I got stateside but you know life happens um, had a great time. had a blast <laughs> literally
0: yeah, no, no yeah. pun intended what uh i I know you mentioned the mortars coming in. I mean, we've well, tons of us went well, everyone at blood had to go through that oh, especially and then you, had if to, you were
1: where we were uh, at. At. I mean if you were like living where our hooches were or like where our motor pools were, you were like smack dab yeah oh, it, it only came from that side it only, yeah i swear it was every day the same time the same white bungalow truck would drive the canal bank and then sure as shit in like an hour here comes some mortar rounds like with a 20 minutes later there goes the same bungalow truck going the opposite way right or i know or
0: i mean if the shoe
1: fits but uh
0: did you have any other incidents uh, besides the mortars coming in at Balad and the V bid up north? Did you have anything yeah, else you ran into? some hoax
1: IEDs on Tampa, uh, Tampa Route 1, north-south through uh, Iraq. If you've ever been to Iraq, you know Tampa. I'm pretty sure Tampa's Route 1. Brain fog. I mean, it's been, I was thinking of it the other day. It's been like almost 20 years. Well, like yeah. 15 years it's been like 16 years mm-hmm. or something since we were in Iraq. No, my mask. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been, a, long been time, a long time. That's what you're saying.
0: But, uh, right. um, you, know, you guys didn't, uh, you guys didn't have any injuries. Or no, anything we right didn't.
1: Nothing. Not like you guys, but not like your unit, but, uh, yeah. Everybody with us came back like healthy, maybe not mentally all there, but we all came back. We all, yeah, we're healthy and had a great time. There's this funny, there's this funny story. You... So with my roommate, uh, at the time, every morning we wake up at the same time, kind of roll out of bed. And he'd always say like, not real high pitched, but he was always like, Hey, McKee, good morning. How's it going? And I would always flip him off. Or I'd say something like I'd flip them off, be like, "Fuck you, dude! Like, leave me alone. I'm tired." So we get back stateside. We came back same time, and it was like two days after being home. I got a text from him early in the morning that essentially was like, "Dude, I miss your your morning wake ups already." So (laughs) it's a great time. Jeez.
0: Um, What uh, can you kind of tell? Because I'm interested in if you kind of smelled the same thing as you described to everyone uh landing in balad for the first time it smelled
1: like (laughs) shit garbage burning tires oil that's about it a combination (coughs) a combination of all that and i remember i remember when you crossed when you were going to like like say you were going to baghdad from balad you'd be driving, you'd kind of go over, like, I don't know if it was a little river, or a little canal, but there was always like a I an IAT-62 pointed at you. You go over and you're kind of on like this overpass, but underneath you is like the city dump for Baghdad and it's always on fire. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but there's a stretch where it's like, yeah. I'd say it's like three or four miles where it's just like foggy it smells like burning plastic and rubber and i mean you want to talk like burn pit registry like if you drove through that yeah like i remember that vividly and just how bad that stunk but granted i mean i smoked like a pack a day in iraq too so
0: (laughs) so we won't uh talk about um our adventures driving around post, oh we can talk about that that was um, fun
1: but that was fun <laughs> so then yeah, yeah. you oh, want to tell so everyone that, know, that little the story. Line, there's actually a speed limit <laughs> uh i know it's weird i think it's like it's like 20 or 25 or something like that and it's enforced and the mps do pull you over and issue you tickets um which was the stupidest fucking thing so when i I got attached with special operations since we fell under them we fell under kind of not relaxed grooming standards but our uniforms were allowed to change we didn't wear name tapes nothing identifiable um i mean we wore like tan t-shirts and pt shorts like that's all we did So somehow there was a Humvee that had an up-armored Humvee engine in it, but it was like a soft top, not up-armored Humvee. So this thing is like zero to 60, like super fast. And we don't wear Kevlar's like you're supposed to. So I'm pretty sure I was bored, hopped into that, came over to your Hooch, picked you up, and I think we were flying like 60, 70, Around perimeter road in that stupid freaking Humvee, banked <laughs> curves, potholes everywhere. Just how did we not <laughs> flip it and crash and die? I do not know. But
0: uh, yeah, I think the statute of limitations oh, yeah. is. But anything, I mean, that it was fun expired, as hell because so we can talk it's a about soft
1: it. Soft top, the doors were <laughs> off, middle of the summer, probably like nine, 10 o'clock at night. So it's 80 degrees. I mean, just cruising in that thing. I mean, you got to have fun somehow. And that was a blast.
0: Yeah, that was definitely fun. But, yeah, for me, it was a little different because, you know, I wasn't in the same situation you were as far as your unit status. So, I was under a little bit more strict guidelines. So, when you show up, you've got this Humvee and you know, you want to go out and drive, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of times, into, like, know? even if
1: people would, like, stop us and yell at us because it's an established base, so base protocols, all this other stuff, you know, people, I'd say, off, it's always officers or real senior NCOs, or, you know, who are you, what unit you belong to. And for us, it was, you know, none of your business. Don't worry about it. You know, there was a point of contact, but I never knew who it was. Um, I mean, really, it was just kind of, you know, a lot of times no hat, no salute. You know, so it was really it was a it was a laid back world. It's more professional world, I think, and I do why I do understand why it's different on like when you get off the uh, the compound itself you're on the bigger base i mean i do get a lot of the customs and courtesies and you know a lot of senior uh senior enlisted and senior officers you know you know they're what they grew up with from an enlisted or an 01 or you know i get it all but sometimes you just (laughs) yeah that's that. Yeah. Something, yeah, something, yeah. Fun. We had a blast. Um, I mean,
0: I. do you want to tell?
1: Oh, I was just going to no, say, I think ahead. that's probably the most, most scared you've ever been was me behind the wheel of that. humpy. but it's all good. <laughs> right. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I was scared plenty of times over there, yeah. but that was a specific, I mean, uh, a
1: bank, a, a bank turn with like potholes all over it. And know. I'm driving like 55 miles an hour <laughs> across it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Um the other thing was I kind of wanted to get your perspective. I think we've talked about it before, but um I just, I can't remember right now, but you remember when those uh four rockets came in? Were you there when those four Chinese rockets came in? Um that hit oh hit probably, yeah, because your motor pool was right. right next U- to ours.
1: U- yeah, I think they blew up uh I think they blew up a shower. Yeah. Or a porta potty. I can't remember.
0: It was like within like 300 meters or something of our hooches. There was four of those little little Chinese
1: rockets. There was a couple people said you can kind of see like the propellant tail end of it, and I'm like, I don't know. It was over before I realized what the hell was going on. Um, I think I was inside watching the movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember when the first, you know, first two came down. And then the third one hit, and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's getting closer. Because, you know, it sounded like they're right outside the door. And relatively speaking, I mean, they were. Yeah. They were
1: all within our area. It was a great time, though. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, couple. We had a couple of guys that were like, had the pucker factor. So I was like, what's going on, dude? Like, what's it?
0: <laughs> well, those weren't the normal mortars that we were used yeah, to. right? A bit this big, is a little yeah.
1: different. I do remember being next to one of those fricking, Oh crap. What are they called? Yeah. Uh, that dude be popping off. Was, thought it was going to blow my eardrum, but, uh, but yeah, I remember those <laughs> yeah. going off all the time. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, I think, uh, yeah it was me and uh oh Ramble, yeah how could
1: i remember when i'm gunner. banging down the door at like <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning and he's oh nice to see you get the fuck out of here yeah
0: <laughs> yeah we were walking to uh we were on the other side the other road uh behind the px i think and yeah we were walking down to the gym i think and that fucking thing went off and we both hit the sidewalk
1: it was so oh, I loud. bet! I bet! Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I remember that gym. That was a nice gym. But yeah, actually, I may not have been there for that. I may not have been there for not that. I was there. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they were going off it's, quite it's, a bit, but just, the Rams didn't
0: get there until
1: because they weren't it's there. It's definitely when hard first, to probably. track down which mortar were in rocket we're talking about since uh, I think there was like one or. Two every single day, but it's all good. Yeah, I wasn't, I don't think I was there for that one. We had some, I want to say we had like three or four land relatively close to our hooch hooches because we were right, you know, like we were that first motor pool as you were coming and you were next to us. Your motor pool was next to us. Yeah,
0: that's that specifically. That incident, yeah, um, I was I was at the hooch, and uh, what yeah, I else you do? The Movie too, and then they started coming in. Yeah. right. Well, you know, what else <laughs> can you do? Um, but yeah, but yeah, going walking alongside the street, and one of those, CRMs going off.
1: Oh yeah, it was fucking loud. Oh yeah, I still I still kind of miss honestly, like the one part of Belo that I actually miss is the movie theater because you got to i like i got to see a lot of movies for free and the pop yeah. the popcorn was good right the soda was good it was just like being back home
0: well if i remember right i mean it wasn't a yeah, blood was like where guys went for R that were in country i thought they, in they went England to R for R. so you had well, I mean, but it, you had, there were units that would come specifically from like, I'm just throwing names out here, mm. but like, let's say Warhorse or, you know, wherever they would come to Balad just for I wonder the pool in the, the theater, you know, cause it was practical. All right. <laughs> well, it was like the only place in theater, yeah. uh, well in country anyway, that, uh
1: yeah the other one i think was was baghdad i mean baghdad had a little golf course little crappy golf course it had the pond where you could get a boat and go out like fishing on it and stuff like it was stocked like that was the only baghdad i think was the only other one and i never got to go to that part of i never got to go to that part of baghdad i think i was only in baghdad for like Three hours twice over the course of a year. But yeah, Green Zone was a little yeah, different. I we didn't spend didn't much time go the reader, there,
0: but you know, just passing through on mission. But
1: they didn't send us on that one yet. But yeah, it's a good time, though. I
0: think uh, we got to see, yeah. We got to see the new, well, the newer Star Trek movies. The when the first new one came out, that was two thousand nine. We got to see it at the Blood Theater before it was released. Yeah, we got in, to see uh, a lot of like side. really
1: good movies. Like, um, they always had. Man, I think they had like four or five showings a day or something like that. And I remember there was a couple times we went back to back just to kill time. Like, I think this is so stupid me saying this but i saw twilight twice in iraq because first off <laughs> there was nothing else to watch there's nothing else to do That's so it's like good. well i can go <laughs> eat some popcorn and watch twilight again you know because there's i think the other one was like i love you beth cooper or something was being played right afterwards and we were bored so we went and saw both of those movies back to back Um yeah, I mean it was a nice movie theater though. Like, it was nice.
0: We joke, we joke about oh, it now, like but like I mean, at home, the time, I thought,
1: honestly, like I, it had.
0: Well, yeah, but mission tempo though was for our company. I was like, yeah. I think like every two days Same with that. we're on mission, something like that. So it's not like you're just being a big bag oh, of shit, no, hogue, yeah. You know, sitting back at the fucking. At your hooch, you know, we're actually running missions. It's just, you know, what do you do? You can only, you can't work out. Well, Man, you can't well. work out 24 hours a day, but I mean, we were going to the I mean, there's only really we so many
1: times you can eat. Doing our thing, the but D-Fact, really, only there's so many times you can eat Subway, Cinnabon, Pizza Hut, Burger King, Taco Bell before it just gets right. bored. It's boring. I actually found, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but there was a restaurant on Balad that was like, yeah, there was like a sit down what restaurant type thing i think it was it was do you remember where like the flea market was kind of northeast of the px just a little bit anyway there was like a little sit down restaurant i think i had like a calzone or something there like we magically we magically stumbled across i remember it, it like i said sit down restaurant down at oh fuck it I know
0: <laughs> well i'm sure the officers knew where it was but um, I, did, I remember there being like a calzone, like sit down restaurant down in, uh, uh, it was in Scania, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was I don't remember. That. Yeah. It was,
1: yeah. We magically stumbled on that as we were rotating back home, but other than that, it was, it was, yeah.
0: Oh, Basra. It was, yeah. yeah down Basra. It was
1: Burger King, baby. It was down there.
0: Yeah, I think I took video. We were, we usually got that's that fast food stuff right before a mission. It's kind of like a treat. Yeah, so I remember we're at the uh, south gate or whatever. We're stacking up, you know, waiting for everyone to, you know, get in order for the convoy. But so I was out of my hatch and uh, chowing down on some Taco Bell, I think it was, and that's when mortar started coming in. And I think right, I got in our hatch, we closed up and I got out my camera and I got the tail end of, of everything, but yeah, that's a shitty feeling, you know, start getting mortared when you know, you're sitting there. I know, I it, mean, let's, let's be real this is an
1: America Taco out. Bell, like this is government contracted food, Taco Bell where yeah, it, let's, it gets the job done. It gets the job done. Where it's mystery meat. It's a little slice of home.
0: <laughs> yes. So you get through all that, um, you rotate back. You said that you flew, yeah, back to Fort like McCoy. I think that's where we D-Lube.
1: did. Get me the um, hell out of there. We,
0: yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: So you have? Did you have any particular experience while you were there, or was it just? Like the rest of us let's just trying
1: get to get let's get, back in. let's get the hell out of here. Like I got better stuff to do. Cause all I want to do is drink. Oh god. I, I just <laughs> thought of an Iraq another Iraq story. So... Do you remember the only time we drank in Iraq? Super Bowl Sunday. Oh God. So Super Bowl Sunday was like no, the one time you could all. drink in Balad. You could have you got two beers, that's it. Two beers you didn't get
0: like a token or something.
1: So I like, took like four that's buddies was, yeah. that don't drink, made them get two beers each. And as I'm polishing beers, I'm swapping out cups. And I think <laughs> I think my buddy took a picture of me. I'm standing out of First my seat with a cigarette and drunk off my ass in my underwear. I think I still have that picture somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh dude gotta kill the time you baby. would it's all good anyway back to back to
0: no it's it's fine so yeah we get back to mccoy there for a little bit i honestly don't remember yeah i was like how long i was there but super you were quick saying you were there all about doing three days right
1: rotating people out it's weird demob whatever the fuck that means
0: Yeah. And then you, from there you flew. Got out
1: McCord went to North Fort, did that whole shebang of yeah, that whole welcome home ceremony, which honestly was faster than I expected it to be. I expected to be up there for some long winded 05 to talk about, about just all kinds of other shit, but it was quick. I want to say it was only like 20 minutes. And then, yeah. And then I went out in the parking lot. Yeah, and my I remember. Dad poured me Jack and Coke. And then I got some Burger King, um, <laughs> some real Burger King. There you go, some real Burger no, King. No, 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 real not, Burger King, not Campbell American King. stuff.
0: <laughs> so uh from there uh what did you do i mean not that yeah. day but career wise or uh, in
1: the garden yeah right? so i you eventually know, you
0: transferred got back right?
1: stateside went to college got out uh went off to college went to eastern washington university uh explored rotc i lasted about 3 weeks before i gave up was not my bag being back in a training environment uh i Mm. Transferred out of IRR to a reserve unit in Hayden Lake. And I was probably there for like six, seven months, maybe. Um, Doing the one weekend thing there. A little extra money in my pocket. Uh, But I ended up getting a a bachelor's in business administration with an emphasis in in economics. So I did that. I, uh, you know, came... Moved back with my parents for a bit. Worked at Tactical Taylor, and then I got a job at uh, a nuclear power plant out in the Tri-Cities. Um, working in their treasury department, where I did a lot of fixed income security purchases and investments. And then um, moved out to moved out to Portland. Me and the me and the girlfriend, and and then I was out here for probably and I enlisted I enlisted back in the Air Guard in 2018 to do specifically information assurance cybersecurity work and when I did that I was assigned to the 262 Cyberspace Operations Squadron and I ran that for, I was there for about five months and then I trans transferred over to the Air Force Reserves. And then right now, I'm at the 446 Air Wing. And what's your uh,
0: primary job there? And again, I, I know. Yeah, so
1: there, so there I issues, have, but... uh, I'm basically a CST nope. client support system. So if you have computer issues, I'm the one you call. Uh, When I was at the cyber ops squadron, I did a lot of information assurance, um, worked on the Air Force weapons system, had a clearance. Uh, But now that I'm over at the 446, we don't need a clearance anymore. I'm no longer in the TS world, so it's in, I call it hibernation. But but yeah, so mainly just working on computers. Helping helping clients, doing setup, um, that sort that sort of work. It's not I like the work at the two six two more, but you know. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean the I two side's not bad. Well as long I mean, as you enjoy what you're doing. Period. It, it's not bad. I like I think the mission it comes down to the mission, you know, the mission at the at the cyber option, it is very uh, kind of Air Force defensive shit. It's kind of hard to explain, um, but they're changing. But going over to the Air Wing is very much, you know, I'm going from a unit of two hundred people to a unit of three thousand people. So it's different. It's a it's a different culture shock. It's an Air Wing. Jeez. You know, it's it's pretty insane. Right. But yeah.
0: So, okay. So, and then you. let me backtrack here a minute. So in addition Hi, to all that I was trying to down dad, the door. As we going can hear in the background. <laughs> Yeah, he's going, well, crazy. we won't keep his daddy well, from him too much so longer. So that's issue um, number one. Now, yes. That's a problem. It drives right? me crazy. I hate that when they don't do that. Um, it, <laughs> Now, with your degree and your experience, uh, you ended up getting hired on.
1: BPA, uh, yeah, BPA. With BP, power. Right? Bottom, BPA,
0: right? BPA, vulnerable power.
1: So, yeah, it's not bad you obviously enjoy doing that. It's not what I want to do, but you know, it's that's probably the issue with me is I don't exactly know what I want to do. So um
0: But if they're listening, it is what yeah, you want I mean to the work's do, not bad. It's, just actually, enjoy it's working actually very interesting day.
1: work. Like I'm yeah. going like I'm getting into the engineering, <laughs> substation design, substation rating. So it's it's a lot more uh FERC regulation. Like it's a lot more, it's actually really interesting, but you know, at the end of the day, you always ask yourself, is this what I want to do? You know, majority of the time with me, the answer is no. I don't know, could be ADD, could be, I don't, I don't freaking know, you know, but I always like change, I like change. (laughs) I like learning something new, always challenging. And that's why I kind of went in the cyber cybersecurity role is because cyber is always changing. There's so many different dimensions to cybersecurity that it's just a completely different beast. And now you're getting into Mm -hmm. generative AI and all kinds of other shit that goes beyond my level of knowledge. Um, So it's very, yeah, it's it's definitely a good career field to get into.
0: So kind of wrapping it all up, if you could do it all over again. Oh, probably. Hell yeah. change anything having to do with um, the military?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have. I think I we've discussed before about duty. just going straight active duty. I mean, hindsight's always twenty-twenty. If I could take the lessons that I had when I joined the Air Force in 2018 at like, don't know how old I was, like in my 30s, put it in an 18-year-old self, I either would have gone active duty, Army or Air Force. I probably would have shot for the Air Force first, and I would have done either Intel or Signal. Um, cybersecurity, I would have done one of those three, and I would have probably done six years active duty. Hell, maybe if I like it enough, a career of it, because I'd be retiring like right now. A 20-year retirement if I've gone active duty, and the intel and like Great. you know, cybersecurity, signal, intel. There's always jobs for that, like specifically to that. Like I always see all-source intel analysts, you know, and it's it's a very diverse field. I mean, I'm not just talking. I mean, there's CIA, there's FBI, there's DEA, there's contract work, there's all kinds of stuff where you can make tons of money i mean google microsoft amazon you know there's i would have gone back and done that if I hindsight was 2020. but uh, with that being said i enjoyed the hell out of everything i've done though which is kind of a, like a, a tough decision also like i really enjoyed my time in the army uh being deployed you know, and if I went right. back and changed it, I wouldn't have had experiences in Mosul with Special Operations Command. You know, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have had those. Still, unfortunately, probably right. would have been your friend. But, you know, I would have just talked a lot more shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah well, there's that. Always...
0: Right. So how do you think all that helped? How do you think all of that helped you or does help you with uh, working at BPA? Not just necessarily BPA, the company, but BPA, like the work that they do in general. I mean- Has that helped you in any way?
1: I would say, yeah. I mean, my inquisitiveness, and like, it's gonna sound bad, like I get bored real easily, so I always look for like an angle. like Always looking to learn something new to kind of be the go-to. Um, it sounds kind of bad, but well, I don't know if it sounds bad, but that's kind of what I do. And it's, I mean, I've been in four different groups in like six years at Bonneville. Um, so I've done four different, held like essentially four different mm-hmm. work roles. And I've always been able to kind of like find a little something like a little niche to help me in a different work role. Um, if that makes sense. Like I was in, when I was, a when I was in the BA world as a business analyst, we did a yeah. lot of project work. So a lot of times when they were bringing in new projects, they have to meet all these different requirements. So I got into writing requirements and I've always been able to write like system requirements, but I fine tuned it more. And I worked with our, Internal cybersecurity group to create a checklist for product owners, project managers. Um, and now those two items have helped me in my newest role where I'm essentially like a product owner for the system. So I'm doing a lot of the DevOps. It's if there's issues with the system, like I'm the go to communicating with IT and our developers. So it's kind of Every job I've held has kind of ticked up my, I guess you could say level of responsibility. The military has helped quite a bit. More specifically, the Air Force cybersecurity roles have because it's given me the, the uh, an IT foundation that I could take into these other roles. Um, so I'm not really learning. It's more of I'm learning how BPA does it. You know, it's not like they're teaching me how to write requirements. I already know how to write requirements. It's just, you know, tailoring to the audience.
0: Well, I guess my other question to that would be, how has it been when you're trying to interface or interact with, uh, and you don't need to say stories or anything, but, you know, coming from that combat background, the military background in general. And then coming into the civilian side of things and interacting, you know, with civilians who haven't been in the military or have that background,
1: Oh hey, has I that did. been difficult I'm, for you or This will sound bad. I get in trouble not. even on the civilian side. It could be, yeah, it could be because I no, use foul language to me. Yeah. on occasions. It could be I talk directly to people. <laughs> Um <laughs> uh, I'm getting better. You at probably that, get upset when people are late. Like... It's like I'd say a lot of times, like very direct. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say I'm opinionated. It's just it's tough. It's I even have issues with that on the Air Force side of the house. Because like these people, like some of these guys, you know, they've been support people their whole lives. IT. Like they've never experienced any type of combat situations period so they don't even know how to interact with kind of like a combat arms dude somebody who's like i don't give a shit you know or you know they say oh can you go do this no i'm doing something else like it's like the looks on their faces are hilarious um it's hilarious but it's it's very it's very uh i say it's tough it's you know, a lot of times it's, I probably need to grow a little bit more. Uh, not say get more professional, because I feel like I am professional, but just be a little bit more understanding, maybe a little bit more compassionate. Um, maybe not talk as direct to people, but still be direct. But yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 right. It's weird. I guess it's it. just kind of yeah,
0: it's just kind of weird. It's been a struggle, I'm sure. You know, you, oh, nothing, nothing. I got. Nothing. What would uh, what would your? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What What would your advice be? Kind of wrapping things up here. What would your advice be to someone who is you know looking at going in the military? You know, like the younger version of us. You know, back where we were. If you could have, if someone could have intervened. With you or me, at the time, what would you want to
1: every, hear at that point? Shit, I would say it's something I heard at the time, but didn't it take seriously. You know, do a job with some civilian potential. I mean, infantry doesn't have much. It's fun. It's the backbone of the military. I mean, it. You go back to. The Revolutionary War time, you know, infantry, you know, every war infantry is the main fighting force. Um, it's a great time. It's hard on the body. Um, it's hard on the psyche. You know, it's. Yeah, I mean, it was a great time, but if you want to be a cop, infantry is perfect for that. I mean, but if you don't want to be a cop reconsider you know um look at the intel side i mean it's not bad yeah you're pushing a desk there's excitement in it there's units i mean sf has intel you know you could get tasked out to sf unit you could get tasked. you could go to a ranger battalion the civilian potential's up there you get a security clearance that's money on the civilian side um yeah that's that's what I would have. That's what I would say and should have considered more. Oh, and go in the air force. Like, come on, go in the air force. Everybody <laughs> says I should have went. I air think force. that's what
0: all of us say. Like, you should have went air force.
1: Now that I've been both branches, I definitely say go air <laughs> force. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now right now you mean can means. actually say i mean they each have their pros and their experience cons both of them so definitely army times i would not give up but there's also air force times that i wouldn't give up either so it's kind of it's it's tough i actually had some it's funny one of my little cousins just joined the marines and he wanted i think his like his goal is to apply for the fbi and so i was telling my mom i said if you see him you need to just tell them all this information. And mainly my advice was, you know, make your military time count. So like if you're active duty, leverage all the opportunities you have, you know, don't just do your job, do your training. When you're cut loose, go back to the barracks, get hammered. I mean, still do that shit, but take classes, you know, It'd be nice to get out of act four years active duty and have a bachelor's degree, you know, especially if you want to go somewhere in the government sector where bachelors are pretty much required to be anything a GS9 or above. You know, the military will help you, they'll pay for it, you know. Don't piss your time away like a lot of people do. And like I did, you know, um make it count, you right. know, network out. Um, look for opportunities to, you know, do. You know, don't don't be afraid not to try out for some type of selection program to a uh, to uh, a special operations group or something like that. You know, being guard, we never got to do any of that shit. You know, hindsight 2020, it would have been fun to at least try out, even if you fail out. Say you at least did it, but you know, just make your time count. You know.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. I think anything that you can do, you know, again, hindsight being what it is, anything that you can do that can relate back over to the civilian world after, you know, your military career. Like you said, Intel and signal and, you know, other, the support roles, other support roles like that, um, it can kind of open a lot more doors than, you know, kind of what we did initially. So. And that's not that's not putting anyone in the infantry down, you know. It got me a, a great career, and I got to experience yeah, a lot I mean, of things on my side. But, um, you know, the computer stuff, IT, and you know, all the signal and all that, along with
1: having yeah, the military paper degree, I'm not, my, I'm not putting down my options my are my infantry time either. I mean, uh, on the civilian side, yeah. if I wasn't infantry, I wouldn't have gotten to do half the shit I did when I was in Iraq. You know, I probably wouldn't have been attached to SOCOM at the time. Um, You know, I wouldn't have gotten to, you know, see the walls of Nineveh, which are freaking biblical, biblical stuff, you know. Um, There's a, in the Crusades, there was a general, um, on the Arab side, named Saladin, and he was born in Mosul. And I mean, I know that doesn't mean shit from Mosul today, but just being back and essentially the, you know, the, the bosom of civilization, <laughs> right. you know, is the Middle East. And like, you know, I may not have gotten to do that. I mean, granted, I could have probably gotten like stationed in Japan or something like that, but, you know, you wouldn't have may not have gotten to do half the stuff we got to do so yeah,
0: yeah. basically you know being in the cradle of civilization and as it's called it sucks to being the, there but gotten to see things there cool yeah, shit no, at it. the same time well I appreciate you joining me and kind of telling your story, you know, about uh, growing up and how
1: you got in the
0: military and what you've done since then. So I really appreciate it.